actually show up on like your map view until you hit the tower and download all the data okay. from that tower. So you're teleporting to, to the Great Plateau Tower, which is like the first one you see. Mm-hmm. And when you get to the top of there, just the shit you see, man, the way you look off the map is just so gorgeous. Huh. So, so I'm, I'm handing over the reins of Breath of the Wild to Jake just so you can get a, a feel for it. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, as you mentioned, as we mentioned previously on the podcast, Gabe has neglected to bring this beautiful piece of machinery over. I almost bought one today. <laughs> Even though it's not your birthday, it's your wife's birthday. Yeah, but yeah, just look off the edge of one of those towers, man, and just look off into the distance. You see that? And all of this is attainable. Yeah, and all this is attainable. And you could dive right off. Just tap X to jump and then tap X again in the air to glide. And you could just soar your way into wherever the fuck you want to go. Holy shit. Would you fall and die? No, I'm moving. Yeah, this game's pretty uh, pretty interesting. So, so what do you think about it so far? I mean, it's that's that's it's it's crazy how it's detailed as fuck, man. I mean, yeah, man. And I think the best part about this is that, you know, in the mornings I take it to work with me because I like to play on my lunch, and then when I get home from work, I just put it in the dock and I play it on the TV with the surround sound on and all that stuff. But simply because of the fact that I could take this with me and I could put it in work, you know, when I got some downtime, mm-hmm. I think that's just crazy. That's fucking. What the fuck did I just do? Yeah. Oh, he's swinging his sword. He's swinging his sword, ladies and gentlemen. He's like mesmerized. He's looking for words, but he doesn't have any. Oh, man, we're going to have some dead air here if we can oh, let Jake keep sorry. playing. <laughs> oh, God, what happened? Oh, um, yeah, I forgot. I got a, I got a podcast going. I forgot. Good or the stuff. pre-roll. So I guess it's not that important. But, hey, man. I'm well, you know what they say, right? Take that. What's that? Well, I think I should ask you this week. You ready? Oh, uh, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? Are we doing a thing? Are we actually doing this? I'm shocked. Okay, I'm gonna, let me hand it back to you. Uh, okay, what? Are you ready? Oh, yeah, yeah, man. Born ready. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Second City Kids Podcast, episode number 126. One, two, and six. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, Gabe finally brought the switch over, and then... Uh, uh, we had to pull Jake out of Hyrule. Yeah, I forgot what I was doing for a second. Uh, but we are back for a wonderful day on the south side of Chicago, Illinois. It's fucking toasty out there, man. Yeah, it's a little toasty. It is what it is, though. Uh, I, I'm your host, Jacob, and of course, we have Gabe back at it for another episode. So, uh, you said you had a rough week, man. What happened? Um, Just work? Yeah, man, work and this and that and all this shit going on. But yesterday was pretty nice because we went kayaking in the city yesterday. Yeah, how'd that go? Uh, on Montrose Beach. It was a lot of fun, man. It was, yeah. uh, it was really cool. Um, we went over by like the uh, dog park area on Montrose. Mm-hmm. And we were out on the water and there was like a ball floating. And man, he was like, go grab that. So I grabbed it and I brought it home for my dogs. Nice. And so they like that stuff. Man, that shit was just so much fun. And then we went to... My buddy's engagement party. Yeah, I heard. Man, Arabic weddings go go hard. I heard start, I heard stories about that. Yeah, <laughs> good stuff. They're like, yeah, man. He's like, yeah. They pulled all the men out of the room, and the next thing you know, they were chanting. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my wife told me. I'm like, oh, I guess. She's like, does Gabe know Arabic? I'm like, he has plenty of Arabic friends. I'm sure he knows a little bit. I'm honorary. Yeah, no, there's definitely yeah, there's definitely that. All right, cool, man. So as far as me, uh, the work week was whatever. So we started. To, I mean, I don't know how. Never mind. I'm not gonna get into it because I'm not sure if I have like a. Non-disclosure. I got you. Going on that front. I'll I'll talk about it after the fact, but uh, not in the air. But so, yeah, we got something rolling out at work in the coming weeks, so that's pretty exciting. But other than that, man, uh, this is Adriana's birthday weekend, so I wish my wife a happy birthday. You guys went to the game last night, right? Yeah, we went to the Sox game. Uh, So we hit it up 
early. We got there because, uh, A, we wanted to get there early due to the fact that they were giving away the Spider-Man bobblehead. So we got that. Got two of those. Nice. Yeah. So uh, and um, I figured since it was Adriana's birthday, we do more than just the game. We do like the patio, you know, pregame, pre-party thing. Right. And um, it's the it's the cost of your ticket plus 40 bucks for the patio experience. You get to come in two hours before the game starts and eat. Basically, like I said, unlimited burgers, hot dogs. Uh, they had ribs there, chicken, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Limited beer, limited drink. Right. So it was our first time trying it. So I said, fuck it. Let's do it. Uh, totally worth it, by the way. Uh, especially if you eat a lot and you drink a lot, it'd be totally worth it in the long run. And the only thing me and Adrian really needed is uh, when the game started was another beer mm-hmm. and ice cream. And that's like the only thing we spent. Dur- so how many beers in. did you guys drink last night? Adrian had drank like six cups of wine. Holy so, shit! So yes, and a beer that after the game, and I had like four or five beers plus the beer during the game. Um, so we actually went to the Goose Island section too because they have a special section in the ballpark that is like designated for Goose Island. Went there. Um, pretty good. That's pretty cool. Uh, it's kind of separated from the rest of the area. It has like a little like, uh, I don't know how to explain, like a little river on each side. Separate, okay. Separating you from everybody else. Very cool. Uh, very well put together. The, the Sox won. So that, that was an excellent experience. But yeah, man, I definitely recommend it. Uh, I was telling uh, the wife that maybe we should get like a large group of us and just fucking slam. Head out there and just make them regret. Yeah. Ever selling the $40 patio tickets? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, on top of that, like I said, we had the Spider-Man bobblehead, and people were, like, harassing us for them, like, as we were walking around because they only gave it to the first 12,000 people there. And, like, people were like, oh, I'll buy it off. He was like, fuck off. Leave me alone. You know what I mean? <laughs> Shit. If I, if, $300. Yeah. So I'm like, he's like, 10 bucks. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, we'll start at 100 maybe, and maybe I'll talk to you. But it's 10 bucks. I'm definitely not talking to you. Kevin, Kevin even emailed me. Kevin's like, or uh, instant message me. He's like, oh. What you hey, mean? Yeah, no, how do you sell that for? I'm like, I'm not. You All don't right. want to know how much. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So yeah, other than that, that was the week, man. And we're back, and uh, yeah, we're, we're ready to get started. So we don't have the fattiest of agendas uh, this week, but you know, hey, this happens. All right. So you got anything else you want to add before we go ahead and get? Oh no, man, let's just dive right into it. All right. So um, we're just stopping out with the movies as we always do. Uh, last week after the podcast aired, me and my wife sat down on a Sunday night and watched The Foreigner. Have you heard anything about this? No, no idea what it is. Foreigner is a movie with Jackie Chan and Pierce Brosnan. Essentially, uh, Jackie Chan's character's daughter is a victim of a terrorist attack. She's involved. She was, you know, collateral damage, so to speak, in that instance. Uh, The movie opens up with you kind of thinking that Jackie Chan is this unassuming simple man. You know what I mean? Um, You know, just living his life with his kid. Right. Uh, Turns out. That Jackie Jan, yeah, Jackie Jan's character is a little bit of a badass. Who'd have thunk it? Yeah, um, and Pierce Brosnan's character is like a politician who's kind of wrapped up in all of it, and Jackie Chan's just trying to get down to the root cause and who caused it, and he's gonna find his daughter. So basically, he makes this politician's life like a miserable hell, like straight up, like fucking jungle booby trap kind of situation. And he gets in and out of his house, and he's like, "Where's who? Who did it? Give me the names of who killed my daughter." Um, and now. This is more of a serious role for Jackie Chan because I, you know, I'm a big Jackie Chan fan. I love this guy, and I love a lot of his work. But a lot of his movies are more on the light-hearted side, right? Um, you know, think of like Drunken Master and Twin Dragons and those type of things, right? More on the light-hearted side, more funny. This one was not funny. It was not a funny. At all. It was not a funny movie. It was Jackie Chan doing his thing, but with the more level, with the high level of grit and, um, you know, realistic action set pieces nothing like crazy over the top or him jumping from balcony to balcony like a rumble in the bronx or anything like that so how did he pull it off uh he did a really good job you'd be shocked um and even pierce brosnan pierce brosnan kind of plays that majestic kind of guy mm-hmm. you know yeah. uh you know we know him as bond and he's done those things like that but even here he's more of like a gritty look 
you know, kind of a scumbag politician. And um, he did a great job, too. So it's kind of taking these two guys out of their roles that we know them for and trying something different. And both of them did a great job. Now, I'm not going to say it's like the greatest movie ever. It was definitely fun. It was definitely a good time. However, some plot points get a little convoluted and I got lost a couple of times. But, I mean, if you're paying close, close enough attention, I'm sure you'll enjoy it. So, uh, this was based on a book called The Chinaman, and obviously with, you know, the PC world that we are in, they went with The Foreigner instead. All right, so if you're a fan of Jackie Chan movies and you want to see him do a little bit something different, this is a good recommend for me, a solid recommend. I give it like a B. Like awesome. I, like I said, some awesome, plot awesome. points were a little convoluted, but other So, than from that, last week, we went from a D to a B this week. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, sit down and watch Kingsman. I want to see that. Yeah. That rating <laughs> scale, because it's been like a year since I loaned you that. It's not that long. It has been close to. Anyway, uh, so we got a beautiful day in the neighborhood. I actually saw the trailer in theaters before Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which we'll talk about next. Okay. Um, what'd you think about it? This trailer, man. Man, fucking, let's just fucking give Tom Hanks the best actor ever re- uh, award and just fucking walk away with it, because this is like... The second time, or maybe even more so, where he's pulled off a character that's not like a real life character and made you believe that he was him. Yeah, it was really spooky to the point where I'm like recognizing that it's Tom Hanks and it's Tom Hanks's voice, but just the mannerisms are down to a T and yep. the way he like holds himself up and like the speaking, yeah. like the just small things the are cadence. just so perfect. Yeah. yeah, the cadence he nailed it. And uh, like I said, he did Walt Disney, he did him very well too, you know, Mr. Rogers, and he just did something else not too long ago, but um. He just nails it, man. Tom Hanks, like I said, probably one of the one of the best of all time. I think it's easy to say that, and um, he proves why. And for those who may not know, this is the Mister Rogers story. Uh, basically, it's like a reporter kind of like, okay, let me do like an article on him, and like he gets builds a relationship with Mister Rogers, and he's like, oh, fuck, like I'm broken, and Mister Rogers is teaching me things, and. Um, yeah, man, I'm really looking forward to it. It's definitely a movie that I must see. Bring and your tissues to the theaters because this already looks like it's going to be fucking brutal, eye watering. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And I, like I told you uh, a couple couple weeks ago, when I watched the documentary on him, it was like really well done. So I can't I can't imagine this being very far off from that mark. So um, definitely something I'm looking forward to as time goes on, for sure. Good stuff. That's uh, November of this year, November yes. 2019. So good stuff. Yep, good stuff. So. Uh, Second half of the year is getting stacked up, man. Yeah. Did you see this next topic? Did you see this movie yet? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I have not, no. Okay. So me and my girlfriend saw it Thursday night. Okay. Opening night. This is QT's new thing. QT's ninth film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that revolves around the Manson murders. Yep. Two hours, 40 minutes long. Uh, First and foremost, I want to say that it took this many movies to get Brad Pitt into the QT universe, and that just seems so absurd to me. That's wrong. Yeah, um, I'll tell you this. Wait, he, you're he, wrong. What do you mean? He was in Glorious Bastards. That is true. <laughs> it, but, but like, you feel me though? Like, Leo always feels like a good staple. Yep. But Brad Pitt, we need more of him in QT. Um, he did his role beautifully. I'd say him and Leo stole the show because they're the two main characters, obviously, and yeah, two phenomenal would. actors. Yep. Um, all right, I'm just gonna lay it out there, man. Um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is gonna be the most divisive QT movie out there to this point. And I know I said that about. Uh, the Hateful Eight, and we all kind of have our thoughts about that. I liked it. I, I think you liked it, too, I, if I recall correctly. I loved it, yeah. Um, but there was this kind of wave of backlash that was like, dude, Hateful Eight was kind of booty. It wasn't, in my opinion. But okay. I think this one, <laughs> this one's going to be the crazy one where people either love it or people either hate it because it does a lot of good things right. I think, in my opinion, this is the funniest Quentin Tarantino film yet. This shit had me dying on multiple occasions. And like if you thought pulp fiction was funny, once a time, once upon a time is gonna blow you out of the water. It okay. was ridiculous. 
Uh, the filmography, or I don't even know, the cinematography. There we go. I can't think of words today. <laughs> and the way a lot of these shots are set up are just so beautifully done. Uh, he does a lot of drone tracking. And I think this is the first time we really get to see that explored in a QT film. It works beautifully. There's a lot of neon signs that he kind of hovers over and above. And just, you know, you get to see the California landscape behind all that. It's just so beautiful. A um, <clears throat> couple of thoughts. I liked it. I liked it a lot. My girlfriend did too. Now, we said that if you guys go see it, one of you is going to love it. One of you is going to hate it. We don't know who's going to pick what, who's going to pick what. But uh, I think it's definitely worth the watch. Okay. This probably cracks my top five for sure. Maybe top three. I'm still kind of sitting on that idea. All right. Um, but that being said, I think it was a, a very good effort. Now, I will say this. Uh, you predicted something that uh, I believe we said on the air did not come true whatsoever. Really? Yeah. This isn't your typical... This isn't a historical reenactment or anything like that. This is QT's take. So... Facts don't line up. Some characters are added. Some characters are moved. Things of that nature. Okay. So don't go in there expecting like a one-for-one documentary. This okay. is Quentin Tarantino's realization or his um, take on the whole situation and his version of the story. Okay. So if you go in there and you just saw like a dozen, you know, Manson murder documentaries and you watched Crime Time and 60 Minutes and all that stuff and you went down the YouTube rabbit hole where I'm no one, you know. You know, we all been in there. Yeah. Um, you don't go in looking for that. Okay. Go in for the original story that QT presents. And go in for the laughs. Go in for the good shots. And go in for the fucking awesome relationship that Leo and Brad Pitt have in this film. Because that is fucking palpable. How many times do. have they been on the screen together? Probably. Handful, right? If that. maybe Handful. Because yeah, Leo wasn't in Inglorious Bastards. I know that for a fact. Um, what other what movie can you think of that, that they've both been in? Um, it's kind of rough, huh? Yeah, because I'm like going through their movies separately. Yeah, yeah, I can't think of one. No, that was Matt Damon. <laughs> what, what movie? The Departed. The Departed. Yeah, which he should have been in The Departed. Now I think about it. Two movies: The Audition and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh wow! So two. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Um, we need to see more of these two guys up on screen. Because if you thought Christopher Waltz was a phenomenal supporting character in Django, and even in Glorious Bastards, he was a great villain. Um, you'll be pleased with what Brad Pitt does. Yeah. And the whole setup. It's funny because I think a lot of people forget about how good Brad Pitt is because I think a lot of his personal life that goes on, you know, I think a lot of people get wrapped up in that and forget the fact that he's actually a fantastic actor and he's always been a fantastic actor. I, I think that he has this weird quality of he'll, um, I think him and Depp have this thing where they'll play a couple of movies that are like weird and oddball and they may not, you know, be a smash hit, but they'll start like a weird cult following. Mm-hmm. And then they'll be in a major summer blockbuster and you're like, wow, that performance blew me out of the water. But it's that stuff in between those big ones where you're like, what are you what are you out here doing, man? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think both of them kind of fall in the same pit trap depth more so than pit. Um, but yeah, dude, I, you know, you, you watch fucking fight club and you watch all the shit that Pitt's been in and Money you're like, ball. yeah, uh, memento, all, mm-hmm. all this stuff, man, just going through it is pretty wild. Yeah. And then seeing him at this point at, um, whatever age he's at, probably mid forties, early fifties, whatever yeah, he's probably at. Probably 50. Yeah. Um, he is still shredded in this movie, man. He is looks he? fucking great. He is shredded. Yeah. There's a sh- scene where he's like working on the roof with his shirt off. And I was like, damn, this dude looks like, I don't know, maybe late twenties. Oh, wow. He, he looks fucking great. Okay, okay. Interesting. All right. Well, that's good, man. I'm glad that you liked it. I'm um, interested to see where that goes in the future. So, 
over the last several weeks on this podcast, a lot of our stories that I feel like we covered early on um, have kind of come to fruition, right? Man, but, you know, everybody, here's here's the thing. I have this group chat, like, hey, did you guys see that they're making another Zombieland movie? It's like, bro, we covered this on the podcast six months ago. Get your shit together. Well, not even just that. I mean, I feel like we've been talking about Zombieland 2 since, like, a year, right? No, maybe not, more? Not even that, like, the beginning of, like, maybe speculating and who's going to come back and who's not and all that good stuff. And finally, like I said, kind of like one of those other stories that we've covered, like the ghost inside, all that good stuff, stuff in the beginning, Zombieland 2's trailer has finally dropped. Uh, it's called Zombieland Double Tap, which is a fantastic name. All right. And I just love the opening of this film because if you didn't know like um, that these guys or these people were in a movie together previously, you would think like, oh, my God, this is going to be like an Oscar nominated film because they opened up with a pedigree. Talk about Woody Harrelson, Academy Award nominated. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg, Academy Award nominated. Um Abigail Breslin, Academy Award nominated, and Emma Stone, Academy Award winner, right? And you'll think this movie is going to be like the most great, like a, like a true grit or something like that. No. But, <laughs> but no, it is fucking Zombieland 2. Finally dropped. What do you feel about the trailer? Uh, I saw the trailer. I think it looks good. Yeah. Uh, I got no crazy kind of complaints or issues with it. You know my tra- whole trailer theory. I, I do believe I'm going to enjoy this movie, and I am going to go see it when it comes out. It's just a matter of this trailer didn't do anything to kind of like wow me. Mm-hmm. I don't think it needed to. Um, the story element looks kind of interesting where they go to find, what, what do they call her, Milwaukee, her mm-hmm. brother or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious to see the way the story plot goes, and I'm interested to see how all their relationships develop. Yeah, because obviously it's been some time after the events of the first movie. Yeah, because they're, um, they're living like they were before the whole zombie outbreak event. They're living, you know. They're fullest. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I like how Abigail Breslin's character is like, I'm not a, like a little girl anymore. Like, I'm fully grown. He's just like, yeah, 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 whatever. <laughs> really hard, so didn't care. Because, you know, in his head, you know, it is what it is. But so, yeah, man, um, like I said, I'm, I'm excited for this. I think this is something that um, that I've wanted for like quite some time. I think you and I have even mentioned it a handful of times. We're maybe a little too late to the party, but I'm glad it's happening finally. Um, like I said, with all the characters, all these actors' pedigrees, you would think, you know, they could have a good chance of making a really good film. So, uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I, I did see some of the comedy there, which is reassuring to me because that's part of the deal with the whole zombie land formula. Yeah, I think my favorite kind of joke that was shown in the trailer was the doubles, mm-hmm. where they have the uh, Jesse Eisenberg and Woody Harrelson, like all the yeah. brand knockoffs come yeah, out of the, yeah, yeah. the car. I was like, wow, that <laughs> is fucking hilarious. They're like, what's happening? <laughs> what's going on? Because it's funny because, like, in the zombie apocalypse, there's definitely an archetype that was like prone to survival. Yeah, and it's like, yo, yeah, these there's more of you out there, but they're just a little bit different. Yeah, every, every weird nerdy kid that survives is just like Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, in this universe. Yeah, I guess so. But yeah, so that was good stuff, man. And I'm glad we're finally getting some uh, some footage on that because it's a long time in the making. Cool, man. Let's talk some gaming. So uh, there's been some rumors circulating that Walmart might actually be a a valued retailer for the video game market. Now, I haven't gone out and verified this for myself, but there's rumors going around that for a lot of these new and up-and-coming games, um, Fire Emblem, the new Fire Emblem, Three Houses just dropped Friday, and I was hearing that people found it for $10 cheaper. So they found it for the 50 instead of the full 60 and I thought that was kind of interesting that they're trying to offset the price because, uh, I mean, you know, nobody really likes going to Walmart. Yeah. You go there because you have to, right? Yeah. It's like the bathroom. Um, except the bathroom's an enjoyable experience most of the time. <laughs> Sometimes. And I think it's interesting that they're kind of at spearheading this um, attempt at, you know, because 10 bucks is not a crazy dollar amount, but if you look at it in the grand scheme of a video game, that's a sixth of the price cut. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. 
So I just thought that was an interesting approach. Like I said, I haven't gone out and verified and all that stuff, but I mean, I figure if Walmart's willing to do that for Fire Emblem, you know, I think that the Call of Duty sales on the Walmart side, if they offered the same $10 discount, uh, would just work in their favor. Because how much easier is it to sell a $50 game as opposed to a full $60 game, right? Yeah, this is true. You Definitely know, around the holiday that. season, you know? So, yeah, it's just interesting moving forward. I mean, um, Walmart is a... Walmart, Target, you know, all these stores are victims of because they have their hands in everything. They're not good at anything. You know what I mean? I think, well, have, all right. I, I think you're not giving them credit because some of these things they are good at. They are good at turning out cheap quality stuff when you need it on the fly. You know, it's one of those things. And I have a couple like pieces from Target. Um, their clothing line's all right. It's not anything spectacular, but hey, man, I'll get the job done. It's, you know, cheaper than what you'd pay somewhere else. Yeah. Um, I See, I, see I'm just riding that target deck i can't really say anything about walmart but they do have this niche where hey you kind of need anything that's not like totally absurd or illegal you know go to walmart or target yeah but yeah you're right they absolutely do have that pitfall of um well you know i guess we have games you're looking Mm -hmm. for something specific that's more than a year old Uh, i don't know man yeah, let's let's charge uh, sixty dollars for last year's Call of Duty. <laughs> Not even the current one that's out. Well, Steam is still charging sixty dollars for uh, Black Ops Three. Really? Yeah. Why are they doing? I that? think all the CODs are that because uh, I don't I don't think they set the prices. I think Activision sets the prices. Ah, uh, that uh, makes sense. That does make sense. So true, true, true. But yeah, so I mean, I guess we'll see moving forward. I mean, um, it's just like you have to make a commitment to like. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a like a niche, if you're going to be doing stuff like that, you know. So so here's the question: If they did offer, um, I don't know, let's just say the new Modern Warfare hypothetically that's coming out in October of this year, and they offered it for fifty bucks instead of the full sixty, would you be more inclined to go to Walmart as opposed to a GameStop, a Target, a Best Buy, whatever it may be, wherever yeah, you get your pro- games from? Yeah, probably, probably, yeah, probably. I mean, because figure with tax included, because we live in Crook County. Um, that would come out to, I think still less than the 60. Yeah. Probably 56 or something like that. Probably. Yeah. Give or take. Yeah. I mean, I guess we'll have to wait and see moving forward. See what Walmart's willing to do. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, Walmart's usually that place where you're like, well, fuck man, like well, we're here. Let's see if it's here. And it's like, Oh, it's here. Cool. Yeah, man. Let's um, pick it up. <laughs> you know, we used to play, you know, you could play this at any like Walmart target, best buy, but we used to play the, uh, the bin game. Where you go into the five dollar movie bin and you shuffle it around and whatever you pull out is what you and your boys are watching that night and you really? get some Corona and some shitty pizza and you watch the worst fucking movie ever made. What did you? What did you, what? What movie spawned out of that game? Um, we got we got a bunch of winners. We got uh, the Princess Diaries. Oh, okay. Uh, we got both of those out of there. Completely random. Uh, we got some oddball ones. Uh, we did get the first Zombie Land. Um, that was a rewatch for us. But we we got some fucking weird ones, man. We got some like. 70s Jackie Chan movie where hey. he like punches the dude's nuts at the end. I can't remember the name of that one. <laughs> and the dude like explodes or whatever. Uh, Big Trouble in Little China. We've I think my group's probably had the best of luck with this stuff because mm-hmm. I'm sure you could pull out a lot of random crap. Absolutely. Do you yeah. remember that uh, horse movie Spirit? That yeah. was another one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think those are the ones I can recall. Okay. Interesting. So not the worst of luck. Yeah. Because it definitely could be worse. We've seen some shit in there. There's some twilight sitting in there and oh, um, it gets worse than that, buddy. Yeah. No, I'm, just, I'm just saying as an example, like there's some shit in there that we're just, that, you know, maybe sitting in the basement is something you don't want to do. And speaking of shitty pizza. So have we, have you been aware of like what like little Caesars is doing? They do. Well, like, what is little Caesars doing? They do like stuffed crust pizza now. Are yeah. You, are you aware of this? Well, um, they've done also deep dish pizza. That isn't half bad. Really? It's not your traditional deep dish it's just uh a little bit fluffier a little bit thicker and they add a nice 
heavy-handed layer of sauce between the bread and the cheese, and it's kind of nice for huh. six bucks. Because it's funny, because uh, me and Adriana went went in, whatever day that was, probably Friday. Friday, uh, we went in just to get some pizza, and I'm like, well, I don't really like Little Caesars, but it's cheap and we're hungry. Fuck it, right? And we go into, the, I go into the store, and I'm like, it's actually pretty clean in here. I don't recall Little Caesars ever being historically clean. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they have like a system and everything's kind of put into place. And I'm looking at the menu. I'm like, well, the crazy bread's there. Obviously you got to go you gotta get that. Yeah. You got to look at that. And then I'm like, stuff, eight bucks. I'm like, how much money? Are you? I don't have the time. All right. Let's just fucking get the normal cheese. Right. Fuck it. And you know, the, their, their normal pizza is, it's going to be the it's same. Okay. Yeah. It's going to be the same forever. It's something that you get when your kids have a pizza, uh, sleepover. It's not something that you want to get when you want to have pizza pizza. Right. But, right. Uh, you know, they'll get the job done. Um, but yeah, so that's just something that I thought. I'm like, man, what the fuck are they doing? What are they getting into over here? I, I think um, Little Caesars is quick and dirty, man. It's quick and dirty. It's, it throws in that mix up. But I think they're making some interesting strides to kind of uh, set their spot. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because if you want pizza, like right the fuck now, yeah. you go to Little Caesars. Yeah, definitely. You yeah. know, because you, you could damn well order from Domino's or wherever the fuck you normally order from and wait your 40 minutes before it even gets delivered, right? For sure. But if we're here in this shitty little plaza and you're like, I want pizza right the fuck now, we're going <laughs> in the Little Caesars. Buddy. I remember when I worked at the Haunted House at Haunted Trails and there was a uh, Little Caesars close and like me and the group of people that I was working with, like one night were like, well, Haunted House closed. There's Little Caesars probably got like three pizzas left. Let's just go. And we sat and ate pizza in the parking lot. Yeah, man, there's something particularly awesome about eating shitty pizza with uh, some good friends true and you know smothering that thing in the fucking red peppers because there's no other way to eat little caesars <laughs> if you want to make it out alive absolutely all right yeah. so don't know how we got off on that on that, on that yeah tangent, uh, i don't know what the fuck happened there talk yeah. to me about metal gear so i uh kept whoever fuck konami konami i, I always say i always go with capcom first. I, I don't know why konami has uh i made their announcement that they're gonna give it a shot they're gonna go and try to do metal gear solid six Right now, for those who may not be in the know, uh, Hideo Kojima is no longer with Konami. Uh, he's doing his own thing, and um, and we've seen what has Konami has done since uh, he has left the whole process because he left in the middle of making a Metal Gear Solid Five, and that's why. Um, can can I just say something? Sure. So before they start diving into Metal Gear Solid Six, how about you finish MSG Five? Well, no, I mean it's it's done, but like it was definitely. Uh, a, a dip in quality near the the second half, near to like the last twenty five percent of the of the of the game. Now there's nothing wrong with that because the game was the game, and it was probably top ten probably for me. Uh, so it's kind of hard to be like, oh man, fix it. But I guess we'll see what's going on with that. I've kind of lost all trust in Konami's ability to tie this in, especially with the Metal Survive or whatever Metal Gear Solid Survive or whatever the fuck it was. It was kind of a fucking massive, major, gigantic shitstorm. I guess we'll have to wait and see what's going on with How that. can you still keep calling it Metal Gear Solid without the man that was behind all the games and the man that spearfronted the franchise into the mainstream? You know? Yeah. That's kind of interesting. Uh, here's my prediction. Um, MSG6 gonna, is going to get boycotted by your diehards. Nobody's going to buy it because, I mean, it is kind of, I don't want to say catered toward a, towards a casual player, but, um, you know, if you if you've played MSG one two three four and any other spinoffs, you're probably gonna get the next one, right? Yeah. So I think that your hardcore guys are gonna boycott it and they're gonna say it's not really Metal Gear. Um, and I think Death Stranded is gonna blow it out the fucking water I, because they're not loyal to a brand; they're loyal to the author. 
I agree with that. Uh, but I actually feel, feel like the inverse. I feel like all the nerds are going to buy it just so they can complain and say it's not Metal Gear. Let's be real. They're all going to buy it and they're all going to hate it. For, hate Did I ever tell you the it. story of uh, this guy I worked with who bought three tickets to The Last Jedi? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's going to be like that. They're just going to be find a reason to complain and buy the deluxe edition just so they can complain about it and hate on it. Now, um, I'm not going to um, say I'm going to hate on it because I think they deserve a chance to try kind of prove themselves and get everybody back in the good graces. Now, I love Hideo Kojima. I think he's great. I think he's done great things with the Metal Gear series. However, there is definitely something to be said about um, kind of his all his ideas not necessarily landing. Right. Sure. We talked about um, previously about Death, Trand- Death Stranded, how this is what it looks like when a genius is left unchecked. And um, I guess we'll have to wait and see moving forward because what is we, we like I said, we know what Konami looks like unchecked with the other and the inverse. Yeah, with the other one. Yeah, with the inverse. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, I'm not going to directly hate it. I'm going to watch it. If I find it interesting, if I think it looks good, I will pick it up and then for, we'll go from there. But. Being a fan of the series, one of my favorite franchises of all time, probably outside of Mortal Kombat. I think I've played all of them, um, maybe outside of some of the spinoffs. Um, you know, it's kind of a little scary that they're talking about Metal Gear Solid 6 because I didn't think this was something that we would see because I think I thought that Konami would be afraid to take that step without him. And knowing, like you said, the nerd backlash and how upset and serious that these fans take it, you know, I thought they'd be afraid to walk up to that cliff, so to speak. Well, uh, let's just, you know, see how far one of an, another one of our beloved franchises falls. Yeah. Because we've seen that a lot on this yeah. podcast, well, that's unfortunately. The thing. I mean, like, Metal Gear Solid is just, like, never, never really had a bad game. It had worse games, not a terrible yeah. one. I mean, the only reason why I think people go look at two, or uh, was it three, two? No, two. Uh, Sons of the of uh, Sons of Liberty because they disliked it because it wasn't Snake it was Raiden right, but that was like the the complaint like the only complaint nobody complains about Snake Eater because it's probably one of the best games ever made you know uh, nobody really complains about um, what's it called Guns of the Patriots or and nobody really complains about Five outside of some of the wonky writing near the end so um, this is one of the franchises that's been kind of immune to that. Uh, you know, less in qu- lesser in quality over time kind of situation. So I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens. Uh, like I said, I'm a little, I'm a little afraid for them. Uh, hopefully they don't fuck this up. Approach with caution, my friend. Absolutely. What else we got? Oh, so GTA five this week released a update to their GTA online service and it is a casino. Um, what? Yeah. An actual <laughs> fucking casino. So here's how this thing works. You can go in, um, you get like a daily reward, um, for chips because that's like the currency in the casino for chips obviously so every day you get an x amount of chips to go gamble away um it looks great i'll say that but here's the thing um so rockstar has always kind of not really given a shit right you look at i think the earliest rockstar game i can remember was probably bully and that game was already kind of i don't want to say pushing our buttons but pushing our parents buttons you Mm -hmm. know um and then you look at first Red Dead Redemption and all the Grand Theft Auto games and stuff like that, right? They've never really been um, shy about their shit. Their their content, yeah. Yeah, and so now they've kind of unleashed Pandora's box and they've made a full-blown casino. Um, You can trade real-world currency for chips. Uh, They did put a... uh, I think you can only buy 50,000 chips 
before there's a timer that has to reset before you could buy more. How much is 50,000 chips worth? I have no idea how much it's worth really. Um, but the timer is only an hour. So, hmm. um, you know, even if it's, I don't know, 50 bucks, hundred bucks, whatever it may be, uh, you know, you got an hour cooldown, which I don't think is enough in my opinion, but, uh, that's not the point I'm getting at here. If Rockstar is doing it and, um, oh, uh, before I get into that, some countries you cannot actually interact with the tables and the ga- like the actual gambling games. Yeah. Like in Poland, if you have GTA f- 5 online, uh, you can't actually interact with any of that because they ban loot boxes. It's just the visual. Yeah, it's just the visual and you can't actually do anything. However, in the United States, it's a little bit different. So, um, whatever. That's GTA. That's Rockstar. Do whatever the fuck you want, right? Yeah. But here's where my concern comes in. Uh, you got your boys over at EA. Um, yeah, <laughs> if Rockstar can do it, I'm sure EA is going to be like, well, if Rockstar did it, why can't we do it? Cause they're not in the same good graces as Rockstar is with the game. No, 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 you're right. I totally agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. And I think this was a fault on Rockstar's part because granted, um, Grand Theft Auto is still selling millions of copies and it's highest grossing game of all time, blah, 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 whatever it may be. Right. Yep. But the fact that one company got away with it. Uh, another one's going to try to as well. And do you really think EA gives a shit about their PR at this point? No, they do not. No, clearly not. Yep. Um, yeah, it's definitely a, a can of worms. Um, man, I'm glad you brought up Bully because that's a fucking game that needs to come back. We can need we, a remaster with we, one and two. Yeah, can we get it? Well, there's only one. Oh, yeah, you're right. There's only one Bully. Think about that. Wow, yeah. It's like, because it, like, let's be, let's be real, because Rockstar does the open world games like... Probably extra, better than better most than any, other. Probably better than anybody on the planet, right? With you know Red Dead Redemption and you know GTA doing their thing, and it's like funny because you they you know bully back in the day kind of took it that perspective from a child's perspective where you know it's a schoolyard yeah, it's and the school. playgrounds yeah. and all this it's so fucking small dope. scale yeah not gonna get into that but um yeah it's definitely a can of worms you I do agree with you that EA does not care about their PR at this point they've made an executive decision to not give a fuck and continue to try to make money and any underhand tactics they absolutely positively can that's their prerogative all right but. Uh, I think the gamers are smarter than that. All right. Um, like I said, Rockstar's got the good graces because they've never, I've never felt like Rockstar is explicitly trying to rip me off ever. Right. Uh, and that's with all the games. Um, so I don't care. People could spend their money on whatever the fuck they want. Sure. I, I was going to give them credit for the timer, but after you said it was only an hour, I'm like, well, what's the fucking point? Yeah. What's the point? Well, really? By the time you spend that and get done with it, there'll be time to any up again. Right. Uh, people could do what they want their money. That's their choice. Uh, not to me. If you're going to do that, why not just go online poker and just actually make money out of the situation as opposed to this foe? Yeah, situation. no, I, I totally agree with you on that. But uh, there's like, rules and regulations in place to help people to have a gambling addiction in real life, you know, and yeah. there's, there's like shit in place, but, um, I don't want to be that guy. And I, I really don't want to be that guy. I just want to make it as a kind of discussion point where, you know, let's just say this is the new norm that like virtual casinos is the new norm. Heesh. They were, they popped up around the early two thousands when the internet was a thing and you know, there you could play poker, whatever. Right. Yeah. But like, okay. Imagine that, um, Cause now uh, I don't think you enjoy gambling. I don't enjoy gambling. I do not know. Yeah, it, it's like a, it's like one of those. If we're going to Vegas, maybe let's play a little. But it's not yeah. something I look forward to. It's I don't, not something I'm, I'm I don't seek it. You know, if we're there, uh, we might as well do as the Romans do, right? Yeah. Um. But but here's kind of my thought process, right? And I'm gonna sound like a total parent that we make fun of. But if we make this a kind of mainline 
integration with video games, this whole casino thing, what's kind of set in place for us where our kids are going to grow up and they're going to think this is the normal thing where you just dump all your money into this stuff. You know what I'm saying? Cause, cause think about it. You can't even go into a casino unless you're 18 and 21 in some States. Right. Yep. You know? So by the time you're 18, your brain's at least developed enough to the point where you're like, well, you know, I, I haven't done this for 18 years. I could go another 18. You know, some people do fall for the pit trap. There's a casino whatever, but it's simply the fact that it's your choice at this point. But if you grow up around this stuff, you know, when you play, when did you play your first GTA game? Or were you like six? Give or take? Yeah. Yeah, six or seven. I th- I'd say that was about average for, for most people out there in our age range. But like, imagine you just see this shit online and you're like, dude, this is so much fun. Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to keep spinning. I'm going to keep spinning. I'm going to keep playing. And so now they're going to grow up with this notion that like, hey, man, this is just what a person does. You go into a casino and you blow your fucking paycheck there, you know? And I know I sound like one of those soccer moms that we make fun of every single time. But here's the here's the distinction I want to make, right? Every time a, a Call of Duty comes out, every time a big shooter makes waves in the industry, Doom, um, you know, Modern Warfare 2, whatever Wolf, it may be. Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein. Here's the thing, though. When you go outside, um, when, you play, when you kill somebody in a video game, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to go outside and kill someone because that's illegal. But gambling is not illegal if you're of age. And so this is the thing I'm trying to trying to say. Yeah. If they grow up on this stuff for the, you know, let's just say your daughter does start playing GTA online at the age of six, just <laughs> no, for example, yeah, right? Yeah. As a hypothetical. Yeah. And she kind of grows up and like the casino is this big point and, you know, maybe she wins big a couple times. And then by the time 12 years later, when she's 18, you're like, hey, dad, I'm going to the casino four four nights a week. No, you're not. <laughs> well, I'm just saying as yeah. a hypothetical, right? Maybe it's I, not going to be your kid. It's not going to be my kid. Somebody I, somewhere. Yeah. If this thing isn't checked. It's definitely an interesting conversation. I don't know. I just, you know, like I don't want to sound like that person, but you can't like ignore this because like I said, the big thing here is that any sane person, any mentally stable person isn't going to go out and kill somebody because they were playing Call of Duty an hour before, right? Yeah. It's illegal and there's repercussions. And if you did it, um, you probably had your reasons, whatever they may have been at the end of the day, right? Gambling is not illegal if you're of age. Yeah. We have how many casinos within a 40 minute drive? probably like half a dozen right yeah yeah i don't know man i just kind of want to throw that out there because like you said it's definitely it's definitely an interesting conversation where does the line begin and end my question right now about the whole gta thing is how much revenue is that thing drawing gta is still making millions of dollars every year on on online transactions I i know on the transactions but that's that that is putting a price on a uh a piece of uh content right because mm-hmm. like when you have the cars or you know whatever the fuck that's sure. that's content you're paying for content this is paying for digital dollars to, in the world, to have a chance at content to, to, yeah in the real world it doesn't equate to anything so uh my question is i want to i would kind of want to know what the numbers look like on the casino on the casino front um probably it, in their favor yeah because if they're generating a lot of money off of that then that's definitely something that needs to be studied and looked into. I mean, think about it. What do they have to do? They got to pay your developers to come up with the casino, your art designers to make you look nice. Well, that's the thing. Like at this point, you know, Rockstar is how old is GTA five at this point? It came out in what? 2012. It's a seven year old game. Yeah. You know, and at this point the game is paid for itself many, many time, times over, many times over. Yeah. And so uh, it probably cost them next to nothing to develop and pay yeah. their employees to make this. Yeah. And it probably costs nothing to keep it on the servers. Definitely not. And that's the thing, like, cause they've, they've released the game subsequently, you know, and that game is 
getting some decent support too. You know, Red Dead Redemption Two was a good game and it's getting the support. Um, I don't know. Like, like that's the scary, it's a thing. scary thought. It's a very scary thought. That being said, um, you know, we are kind of seeing the pushback from the governments and stuff. Like how I mentioned, you cannot use the tables in Poland if you're, you know, from there. Um, I think that this next big push against the loot boxes, at least in a legislative point of view. I think that Rockstar is going to be under the knife because that's going to be the first thing they bring up. Hey, Rockstar's GTA Online has a literal casino. Mm -hmm. If we regulate casinos in real life, why can't we regulate them in the virtual world? And I think that'll be the very first point a lot of these lawmakers, lawyers, and legislators bring up. It'll be the Sub-Zero spine rip. So to speak, yeah. Where it's like on the front, the front page is the first thing that you see when it, it rolls on TV when it comes on the news. It'll be like that. I agree. Yeah. So it, it really is a double-edged blade because you know we can't we can't sit there and just you know. Granted, it's not your money. It's not my money. We're better than that. Yeah. But you know, if you you left your account logged onto your PS4 and you have your card on there, you know who knows? Maybe you'll have a little piece of shit family member come over and they'll just spin that wheel, and then you're like, what the fuck? And PS4 or PlayStation's like non-refundable, buddy. So you're out eighty dollars. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's happened to my buddy before. Really? Not in GTA, but um, his sister's kids came over and he had his Switch and they were playing or whatever, and they bought all these DLCs. And Nintendo like made a big old fit. They're like, fine, we'll give you your money back, but you cannot buy anything off the Nintendo store ever again. Really? Yep. With your account. That's pretty hardcore. That's interesting, huh? Probably the right call though. Because Nintendo didn't want to give them him a refund originally, so he had to dispute it through his card. What Nintendo give an issue about money? What? What you mean, yeah. man? <laughs> I mean, I I'm, I'm, I promise you, most places will give you an issue no, about refunding. Right. No, you're right. But you know what I'm saying? Like it's we're deep. at that point where you're completely right. If we wanted to gamble, let's just go to an actual casino. Yeah, and win right? actual money. <laughs> yeah, and win actual money. Yeah, but it's just this thing, man. We're in, we're in a kind of a state right now where we got to be it's, treading lightly. It's abusing people with problems. That's what it is. Yep, and it's developing those problems early on, yep. so you can exploit them even more later. I mean, it wasn't it bad enough that we were able to run over hookers in Grand Theft Auto. God damn it! Remember those good old days when we just ran them over repeatedly and then took their money. Beep, beep. Took their money after they gave us services. <laughs> it was, good stuff. No, was, by services, we mean car washes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's Definitely. talk some music news and reviews. So, new Slipknot. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Solway Firth, probably the best single out of Slipknot this year. Okay. Okay. Uh, probably one of the better singles I've heard this year, honestly, from this kind of metalish scene. It's very yeah. good. I like it. Yeah, definitely. I like the video. I like the live, the live stuff. I, I'll, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. The metal scene is still catching up music video wise to what Slipknot's been doing since like 2002. True. They've always been really good at music videos, and even now, um, what is it? It's been 20 years since the self-titled release. And they're still knocking it out of the fucking park. Absolutely. I mean, who would have thought, man? Because I think you and I were both kind of sour on them with the last album. And we're like, eh. We, the, the last album was passable. But that's not good for a that's, Slipknot That's not Slipknot, yeah. And then the first single drop, We're Not Your Kind. And we were like, kind of like, whatever, man. It's, you know. But then they started dropping the good stuff, the first single, and now Solway Firth. Mm-hmm. And we're, I think we're completely back on board. There's no Absolutely. fans or doubts about it. Um, You know, I kind of mentioned that they're going. Corey Taylor said in an interview all this stuff started circulating that we're going to do heavy stuff again, kind of like um, self-titled in Iowa, blah, blah, blah. Now, I, I don't want to say that this is like Iowa levels of heavy because it's a different kind of heavy. I'd say if you were to measure it on a very simple scale of 1 to 10, it would probably hit that number line. 
But I think this is a very mature and a very sophisticated kind of form of heavy. Yeah. If that makes sense. Because Iowa was heavy as fuck, but there was a level of... Um, Insanity. Devil, yeah. Devil may care. Like, fucking just go for it because we can. And we're, you know, if young, we have the energy to do it. You know what I mean? That type of stuff. Here's the thing, man. Iowa is like... I'd say those first two albums is you get like... I don't know, like a 40-pack of PBR and slam that in an hour. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to get drunk. Uh, It's not going to be a fun drunk. But then you get to where we are now and you enjoy a nice scotch on the rocks. And, you know, it might take you like three or four drinks over the course of an hour or so, but you'll be in a much better space and you'll be much classier with your drunk. That's not bad. And I think that's the way we should look at it. Where we're still getting drunk as in drunk being heavy. It's just the matter of how we get there. It's you know, more, and the uh, way it's presented, incremental, more of a, a thinking kind of a process as opposed to just getting slapped on the head. <laughs> yeah, man. Because I mean, you know, give me six bucks, I'll go grab us a forty at PBR right now. But it's it's a situation where you're taking the weight and you're carrying it up flights of steps slowly, as opposed to getting having an anvil dropped on your head. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. So yeah, man, it's it's good stuff, man. Slipknot. I'm looking forward to this. They might just sneak into that 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 list. I, I I got a good feeling that they're probably gonna hit top five on one of ours, if not both of our list this year. Yeah, probably. Good so, stuff. So with with that being said, this is you. Uh, so the ghost inside. Krang did a article after the whole comeback show at the Shrine. Uh, the wreck in the studio. And they're planning to record. So I think that's fucking phenomenal news because they said that, hey, we're only playing one show this year because somebody was like, hey, why wasn't the ghost inside on Warp Tour? And uh, Vigil was like, oh, Kevin offered us the spot, but we promised ourselves we're only playing one show right. this year. That was at the Shrine. Then Krang dropped the article a couple days later, covered a whole bunch of stuff, but they're looking to record. And um, I've said it before. We both said it before. We'll probably both say it again. This is probably going to be their heaviest lyrically and emotionally album that we've seen in their musical career so far, Mm -hmm. because they've had four years to deal with all the surgeries, all the pain, all the emotional trauma, seeing all their friends be successful and dealing with their injuries kind of on their own. Yep. And it's going to be brutal. Yeah. It's definitely going to be something uh, like you said, not so much heavier because of the content is heavier, but because the, the lyrical, the, the, what it means is going to be heavier. And, um, Definitely looking forward to this because I think they have a lot to say. And uh, I'm definitely interested in that story. So that's good stuff. Uh, before we slide on to the next topic, uh, Sum 41 released a new album a couple, couple weeks ago. You finally got around to it? I listened to it. What would you think? It's fucking awesome. Sum 41, they, they're they one of the few bands uh, that we have on our list that doesn't have a bad album. Yeah. They have better albums and they have slightly worse albums. But yeah. I think their discography is pretty pure. Yeah. Uh, this new album, because um, it, it, let's be real. I mean, people always give, you know... Some 41's pop punk and people always give me shit for that because I always give pop punk shit. But I'm like, some 41, it's got that taste of metal in it. It leaves like that that fucking iron taste in your I'd mouth. I'd say they're more punk than pop. Yeah, I'd agree. I definitely agree on that. And um, the stylings are a little bit more metal. They're a little bit more heavy on this particular album. I mean, it's still, it still sounds like some 41. You'll still recognize it. But they definitely take a little bit of more of those metal elements and incorporate them. Because that guitar player, I forget his name, the Indian fellow, he's like a metalhead. Like straight up, he's wearing like suicidal tendencies T-shirts and shit like that on stage, while everybody else is wearing like the Misfits or the Ramones or whatever the fuck, right? He's always been a step heavier than them, and um, I think he's kind of gotten his opportunity to shine. Because me and my wife were listening to it yesterday. I'm like, this is good shit. Some 41's back. I think this is for, uh, their first album after rehab for Derek. 
So uh, it's good stuff, man. Uh, definitely looking uh, look into it if you want something with a little bit more huevos, but not over the top heavy like our next track that we're going to talk about. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, so our next track, Knock Loose, dropped another single on us this week called Trapped in a Grasp of a Memory. Yep. Woo, man, this is a whole big ass pot of jambalaya. Everything you like in hardcore, you'll find it in here. It is so disjointed in all the fucking right ways. You got your slow ass breakdowns. You got your wild whirlwind kicks. You got your fucking hardcore moshing. You got everything from stage diving to windmill selling arms. merch. Yeah, to, to windmill arms. Yeah. And I think that it is so chaotic that it is, in fact, a masterful piece. Because, like I said, you have all your kind of aspects in hardcore in like a four minute track. Yeah. What'd you think of it? It's good shit, man. Because uh, I think um, people may remember that on the first thing, I wasn't too enamored with it because I felt like it, it was heavy and it was good, but it's kind of just like running through the paces of a knock loose song. This one is a little bit different, stepping outside the box a little bit, it's exploring a little bit. And that's why I like it. Yeah. So uh, we had some um, memory issues earlier in the week because we were texting about it, but the. Tracks, the singles released in order were Mistakes Like Fractures, and I Still Wander South, and then Trapped in a Grasp of a Memory. Yeah. So, because I think you said this is the second one. I was like, no, this is the third one. Yeah. So, yeah, those are the three in order. Which one of those did you, like, not like? Was it Mistakes Like Fractures? Yeah. I, 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 like I said, I didn't say I didn't like it. It was just, like, running through kind of the paces. It felt like running through the paces. On I got gotcha. you. Like, it's kind of like it could have been very easily been on laugh tracks. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't anything Maybe new. Maybe a laugh tracks B-side. Yeah. like that. Yeah. I, and, but... This new stuff, the last couple of songs have been quality stuff. Quality yeah, material. man. Um, so the week that, because um, those two albums both come out in August, so I'm probably going to be in the hospital doing my reviews from from the, over the phone <laughs> Yeah. just because these albums are going to send me there. Yeah. Um, it should be fun, man. I'm looking forward because Knocked Loose has been on this steady rise where, you know, every time I die, I kind of adopted them and all the hardcore bands are like looking up to Knocked Loose and they're like, wow, you know, this is what we should be striving to do. And I'm excited because definitely. we've been waiting for this album since probably Laugh Tracks. Yeah, definitely. And because um, I, I think we could both kind of collectively agree that Laugh Tracks is probably one of the more better debut. It was a debut album, right, for them? No. Was not? It no, it was not a debut album. Well, one of like the better albums for my The Breakthrough. One of the better yeah, breakthroughs. For the up-and-coming band because they were kind of like, whoa, what the fuck is I that? think if you're in the hardcore scene and not or Laugh Tracks isn't somewhere on your top at least 15 then you're probably you're not doing this i don't right. know then you're probably an 80s hardcore kid and yeah. not a 2020 hardcore kid absolutely gotta have that clear vision you see what i did there yeah so it's good stuff and uh i'm looking forward to seeing the remainder of this album because i think it's gonna bring it's a gonna lot be of gnarly bring a lot of heat and intensity to the to the genre Good copy. Maybe end up on both our lists, which i'm sure it will before we dive into the next one uh you told me to check out an ep uh by alpha wolf yeah so uh, what what drew you into the first of all what is it called can you give a, a name it's for the called crowd? hold on let me pull it up because I just pulling it up so Alpha Wolf had a new uh, EP called Fault uh, and there was the song Sub Zero that had like a breakdown that made mm -hmm. me like fucking like shrink in my chair because I couldn't even take it how awesome oh yeah it was. that's what drew you in yeah so Alpha Wolf was actually a band that we featured I think once or twice previously on Certified Bangers of the Week I think we, we both that. I think we've both brought them to the table on two separate occasions I yeah think. so I believe that this is their new vocalist okay because the old one got kicked out for reasons um <laughs> I gave this thing a listen and the first time I listened to it I was like I don't know why Jake likes this but I said this is Alpha Wolf. I'm familiar with their stuff and I've liked it before. And so I was like, maybe I'm just not in the mood for it. So I went back a few days later and I listened to it. And I'm like, okay, this is more like it. 
we're in the right mind space and yeah this ep kicks ass these are these guys are australian right if i'm not mistaken pretty sure they are there is something in the water in ohio and australia you know dealers australian too right yeah dealers australian i know that man it's crazy and even (laughs) then you look back like 10 years parkway drive yeah it's it's bewildering it's not even fair yeah so um what have we concluded? First and foremost, if you don't know who Alpha Wolf is, familiarize yourself because these guys are going to be up and coming. I think they're going to be on the forefront of that grimy, hardcore, death, that, yeah, that death weird in between yeah. space where they have elements of metalcore, hardcore, deathcore, all that shit. And I don't know, man. Maybe they might open up for bands like Knocked Loose or maybe like Devil Wears Prada or some shit like that. I think that'd be a fittingish tour. Yeah. Um, check them out. And then two, if we've learned anything from this EP is that it is indeed a fact that giant spiders breed good metal music. <laughs> and take that home with you, kids. Uh, all right, cool, 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 cool. So Good stuff. This is you as well. Let's, all right, let's man. Let's get this I, done. I tossed this on here today. So Oliver, Oliver, Oliver. Oliver Sykes confirmed that Bring Me the Horizon is in the studio with Halsey currently. So I tossed this on here because, I mean, we both have our reservations about the current state of Bring Me the Horizon. Um, I don't think we can deny what they've done in the past, blah, blah, blah. But here's why I brought this onto the agenda. Um, so you've had this kind of like affinity for Halsey, right? You've been jamming, right? <laughs> He's giving me shit for this. Go ahead. No, no, no I'm not giving you shit. You can enjoy whatever you enjoy, right? Yeah. But you enjoy some of Halsey's music, I do love right? her, yes. Um, you love her? Wow. I love her, okay. Yeah. I love her. Um, so here's my question. Emotionally, do you think- sexually. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Do you think you're going to love this track or hate it? Because you hate Bring Me the Horizon, but you love Halsey. If I like it, it's because of Halsey. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if, if this is something that Halsey, if this is like Halsey sprinkled in with Bring Me the Horizon, I'm all for it. Halsey sprinkled in with Bring Me the Horizon. If so it, it's going to be a Halsey track featuring Bring Me the Horizon. Jordan Fish, Oliver. Yeah. yeah. Oliver. <laughs> Oliver. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if it's a. What uh, if it's the other way around? Fuck them. I still listen because I like because that's the that's the thing that Bringing Horizon has done well historically. If they give if you give them a female vocalist, they will find a song. Not even, you give them a, a guest spot. Look yeah. at um fuck, fuck from yeah that was don't with get me you started and on six that. yeah don't get me started on that. That thing is so good. God damn it. Um, but if you give them a female vocalist, they will find a spot for her to like shine because Lights did it like multiple times on There Is a Hell. So. I'm looking forward to this. So do you think that you'll enjoy Bring Me the Horizon more if this song is indeed a banger? If they do this sort of, I don't know what they're going to go for, some sort of variation of pop or acoustic, I don't know, maybe something in that vein, right? (laughs) Something in that vein. But do you think that you would be more accepting of them if they did this with an artist you enjoy like Halsey and that song came out to be really good on both parties' parts? Yeah, I mean, um, I'm not going to directly shit on this because uh, that is my practice at this point with anything bring me to the horizon related mm-hmm. but because there is an artist like you said i am enamored with on it i'm definitely going to give it an honest listen a real listen yeah no uh, i mean that's fair we neither of us really enjoyed amo that much and i mean i couldn't get through it so i can't tell you if I fully hey man it's that. just the way the <laughs> the needle drops sometimes right yeah um that being said i'm, I'm just kind of curious to see where you end up on this dartboard with this um, and then later in the year, we're going to get a Bring Me the Horizon feature with Eminem. And then we're going to revisit this topic again. We're going to have a dartboard of features with Bring Me the Horizon. Do you like them anymore? No. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, man. I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, if it's more of a Halsey-centric song, I'm okay with that. It, okay. I'm, I'm still keeping on, on this track. 
Uh, we're still live. I know that was a, a big pause. Um, do you think the song would work better, like I said before, as a Bring Me the Horizon song and their kind of vein of what they're doing? Or do you think it would work better as a Halsey-esque song? Halsey-esque song. Yeah. I think um, I just kind of want them to stay away from the Bring Me Horizon formula at this point. Sure. Um, so whatever they're doing, it needs to stop. <laughs> so, Pull the plug in that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, take some time away, stop touring. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna tell them not to make money because they're, they're gonna do that. They're but, living their best lives. Yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do. I'm not mad at them for it, but actually, maybe I am a little bit. But uh, little bit. I just want them to. If it's good, they're done doing a song with Halsey, it needs to be Halsey centric. It cannot be being with Horizon trying to do Halsey. It needs to be the other way around. Sure, because I think. Uh, you know, you mentioned it like seven times on the show. She has a hundredth quote, right? I think, cause I think this is kind of in her ballpark, right? In her wheelhouse that she hasn't really had the opportunity to explore yet. Right. Um, because maybe the correct artist hasn't approached her yet or whatever. And I think this is going to be her opportunity to maybe to make a name in this field of quote music. unquote. Yeah. Of this field of music. Let's get her on a, on a hundredth track. How about that? No. I think her style would work with what they're trying to do now. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think it would work. I it don't would, think it's too far out there. Not, it's not the worst thing in the world. Definitely not. But uh, we'll wait and see. Good stuff. I have some bonus news for this week. So Go speaking ahead. about stop touring, um, every time I died in an interview after the 2000 Trees Festival in the UK, and they talked with Andy and Keith a bit. And so what was supposed to happen was they were supposed to get in the studio. Well, then this Mastodon, Coheed, and Cambria tour came up, and they're like, gotta we're go. not fucking passing this yeah, up. Gotta go. Yep. Gotta go. I don't blame them one bit for that. But I guess the plan is to get into the studio later this year, get some recording done, get some tracking done. So I'm hoping for like an April release 2020. I think that's very feasible. Yeah. We'll see what happens. But um, the interviewer did ask some really fucking good questions. I will say that because it's not a lot of the times that the interviewers bring in really good heat, right? Yeah. But this guy asked Keith, he's like, hey, man, so, you know, do you think we're going to get another cool feature on the new album like we did with... Uh, Brendan Urie on uh, It Remembers, right? Mm -hmm. And Keith, you know, he was very humble as always. He's like, well, um, it depends. We'll get somebody in here if the track calls for it, blah, blah, blah. And so the follow-up question was, well, do you see yourself working with Brendan Urie again? You think it would get him in for another Every Time I Die feature? And Keith said, well, I think it's my turn to be on a panic on a panic at the disco yeah, track. Right. And I thought that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All right, so uh, another bonus thing. So um, <laughs> Sleeping With Sirens post up a lineup for a festival that they're going to be playing on in October, right? Is it their festival or is it a festival? It's a festival. It's called okay. Exit 111. It's in uh, Tennessee. But the lineup is what got me kind of confused. So I, wanna, I want you to listen. Go, go bottom up. Yeah, well, bottom up. Uh, just bands you may know. Uh, New Year's Day, cool. right? Fever 333. Okay. Whitechapel. Already getting weird. Sleeping With Sirens. Okay. Uh, cheap Trick. Uh, Gargira, Mastodon, uh, oh man, Ghost, oh boy, ZZ Top, what the fuck is going on? And headlined Def Leppard. No, you're <laughs> fucking with me, aren't you? No, I'm not. What? I swear to God, that's just one day. Let that's me, one day. That's one day. Let me go through another day. This, okay, go through this, another. This, this Please, is good stuff. hang on. You uh, <laughs> go through, go through the next day. Okay, we'll do. <laughs> Does it get better or worse? It gets, it gets worse. All right, so we have <laughs> ten years. Uh -huh. Blackstone Cherry. Okay. Black Label Society. Okay. Kill Switch Engage. All right. Anthrax. Mm -hmm. Seether. Oh, wow. Okay. Somebody's still touring. Uh, Slayer. I a thought Slayer was supposed to be done. Headlined Leonard Skinnerd. 
what the fuck is <laughs> who is planning this? Is this some like sixty year old dude and his metalhead son planning this? Sixty year old son. <laughs> okay. Sixty or sixteen? Who made this lineup? Yeah, okay, okay, okay. And the, the Sunday, the last day. This one's still a little weird. Not as weird, but still weird. Um, let me look. We got from Ashes to New, Thrice of Mice and Men, Skillet, Ministry, Alter Bridge. Hey, wait, hang on. You have skillet and then ministry. Wow. They yeah. are balancing this out really well. Lamb of God. Okay. Coheed and Cambria. Okay. Deftones. Nice. Headlining. The final day is Guns N' Roses. What is going on here? I don't know. 16 dude. or 60. Let us know in the fucking comments <laughs> of this video. Jesus Christ. Um, It's like somebody took their iPod and just hit fucking shuffle and hope for the best. What the fuck is going on here? Here's the thing. I think if you dissected this, you'd get three phenomenal lineups. For like three different fucking classifications of people. Like if you put like Leonard Skinner, Def Leppard, Guns N' Roses, and ZZ Top on a lineup, like, wow, that's fucking fantastic. Yeah, are you kidding me? That would sell out in seconds. If you put like Slayer, Anthrax, Kill Switch, Engage. Lamb of God. Lamb of God, Gojira, and Mastodon on one lineup, it's like, holy shit, that's fucking dope. If you put fucking, um, let's see, like Fever 333, Whitechapel, uh, Deftones, and Coheed and Cambria on the lineup, like that would be sick. Like, you know, like. What is going on here, man? It's just like a rag. Like I said, it feels like the dude put his iPod on shuffle and it's like, okay, Lamb of God. Okay, ZZ Top. All right, Leonard Skinner. Fucking Fever. It it seems like the dude let his 16 year old kid make the lineup because he knows a lot of people in the industry, but he was like, Oh, but don't forget this band. Yeah. Oh, but don't forget this band. Yeah. So, oh, well, the dude from Leonard Skinner owes me a favor. Yeah. So, like, uh, I, that is, what is the name of that festival? Exit 111 in Tennessee. Exit 111 in, in Tennessee. Fucking C? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, so I, I shared this lineup on the, um, when I was driving with my wife this morning. She's like, what? I'm like, oh. what is going on here? Yeah. Don't get me started. Can we get some, man, we need some crowd control on this shit. Yeah. So, I mean, I hope it's a success because it's definitely got a interesting mix of artists. So I guess we'll have to wait and see how that. <laughs> I'm still like trying to digest this in my head, man. Ministry and skillet. Yeah. And on top of that, Lamb of God. So you have this weird little religious trifecta going on here. <laughs> Don't forget Slayer. Slayer's there too. Yeah, no, Slayer. I totally understand that. But it's just like you feel me like skillet is a Christian rock group and ministry heavily uses like Satanistic. I don't know if you've delved into yeah, the ministry yeah, like that. Uh-huh. But oh man, what the fuck? So yeah, take a take a second, everybody. Okay, that's it. All right, so you got anything else? Man, I if I did, it's gone now. Yeah, I this <laughs> is out the window. All right, so that was episode 126 of the Second City Kids podcast. We will be here next week for episode 127. And until next week, folks, 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 what the fuck is wrong with me? Next week, folks, signing out for Jacob and Gabe. Deuces. Thank you guys for joining us this week on the Second City Kids podcast. You can like us on iTunes, Google, anywhere else podcasts are found. Any comments, questions, or concerns, you can email us at secondcitykids at gmail.com. Until next week, folks, deuces. Deuces.